We're so excited to share this teaching message with you from Sikamo Church, Ibadan, Nigeria. We believe God knows you and loves you, and through His Word, He expresses His plans and purposes for your life. We hope that you open up your heart and really sense God speak to you through this message from our pastor, Tolulokwe Moody. Let's get right into the service and be blessed by this message. And we're going to have a conversation this morning, and... Um... I always love to get around this moment, um, not just because we get to do this, but because I also get to learn from one of the most brilliant people I know. Um, she's amazing. She's the wife of my youth. And um, we've been married now going on, five, going on six years, six years. Um, like I always say, the best six years of her life. And um, out of our journey, we hope that we can get to have a conversation this morning and share some things that I hope the Lord would really make real to you and in some way or the other um, be a blessing to you. So... Um, would you, in a very proper way, help me welcome my wife? And um, as as she comes up this morning, if you are sitting down, I judge you with the judgment of the Lord. Fantastic. Um, you have to be here. Don't embarrass us so early. Fantastic. Um, be safe there. Okay. Um, would you sit? Um, and then so that I can have them Thank sit. Thank you, Judge. Be careful. In Sycamore, we know how to take care of our ladies. You can ask Mr. Ibuka Emmanuel. Fantastic. So, please be seated. Thank you so much. Right. So, let's get to work. Is it okay if we pray? All right, let's pray. Father, thank you so much um, for this moment that we have, this opportunity. And I really just ask, Lord, that as we get into sharing, um, you would really just reach us right where we are. Out of all that would be said, Lord, let there be words that people would really just find to build their lives upon. Make it so simple, Lord, that it would reach us right where we are, but so profound that it would change our lives forever. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Okay, so, um, babe, what we're going to start out with is, um, we're in church, I shouldn't call you babe, but um, we, sis, we started this, we started this that love thing um, two weeks ago um, with a message titled, Love is a Beautiful Thing, and then last week we went on with marriage is a beautiful thing. Fantastic. So um, this morning we get straight into the conversation. I hope that I have all the control I need. Good. So this morning we get into a conversation. Um, he has always been Lord. I don't know why you suddenly realized. So I, I'll, I'll just, by way of introduction, I'll just walk through a few pictures. Look what you've done to me. Yeah, I set you free. So this was this was where we met. Um, we met in Kano Law School, um, twenty ten. We weren't dating then. Yeah, we weren't dating. Yes. We just met. We were in the same fellowship. Um, I had just borrowed her that book. It was a Christian book um, no titled Greater Works. That's a textbook. It's not Greater Works. Uh-uh. No, the one in your own hand. It's textbook now. I think Company it's this law. book I gave you. My wiggles word. Uh, I apologize. I thought. <laughs> I thought. Anyway, but I mean, she's been borrowing books from me 
now she owns all my books anyway. <laughs> okay, so this was law school. Um, I was just a young man serving Jesus. Um, and, but she had other ideas. So, you know, after we married, she actually confessed to me that at some point, and you would confirm, or you would lie, <laughs> that at some point she had seen me and thought that, mm, you know, like marrying this guy... But we'll, we'll, Let me tell you what happened. <laughs> so, this guy was Confirm actually, or lie? Hold Confirm? On, hold on. This guy was actually hitting on me. And every time he sees me, he would tell me, I look forward to meeting your children. <laughs> True of us, young church. As a neutral statement. As a very neutral statement. What's the neutral statement? I stand the guy has on the altar of the Lord to affirm that it was a neutral statement. But, but, but he said let's it. go on with the pictures. <laughs> And so <laughs> this was 2011. This was when we started dating. August. Yes, we had just started dating. I think we started dating in June. This was August. Um, was this church was a church day? service. This is how she used to go to church. No, please it was, note. It was his parents' church. I think it was your brother's Thanksgiving. Yes, it was my parents' church. Actually. So I have to tie my hair and do all of that. Okay. Okay. I'm wondering. We weren't married. There's no particular holiness gap. <laughs> But, um, We're sharing fellowship. But there was holiness in our hearts. Um, engagement? Yeah. I look dope! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, that was engagement, October 2014. Okay. Um, this was as far as engagement went for us. <laughs> proposal. Anyway. Um, wedding? Fine Can you please note with me the length of the neck? <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> please note. Go with me. Then um, from our wedding we have um, kids. Okay, this was honeymoon. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you look so improvised, like you're hungry. <laughs> yeah. I got those Sudan children. <laughs> What what you say about me also applies. <laughs> I agree. I agree. We're both looking hungry, but that's fine. Um, then our first our, our daughter was Christmas service. This 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 I promise is for it. I know some of you are looking at like what happened to her, <laughs> but then this was um, Christmas 2016. Yeah. Yes. Um, at the time we had only one child. Um, how we got about having children? Um, Praying, yeah. believing God, yeah. worshiping things that Christians do and midnight prayers. that they have been doing. And, um, oh, the love lives here. Then after, after, <laughs> then um, okay. So these are our two kids. Um, my son, my son is um, Musa Serejesu, <coughs> our son, Musa Serejesu. So they don't think he's out of wedlock. That's why I had <laughs> Musa Serejesu Jensen. He was born on my birthday in 2017. Yeah. Twenty. 17. Um, I, I mix up dates. And she is Jesu Forebomi, Shona. Yeah. Born July 2016. Fantastic. 16, 17. I what took this it? picture, by the way. I said 16, 17. What S- happened? What happened? I'm the receiver, you are the keeper. So my parents had four children in five years. 
generational causes. <laughs> I or didn't go that fast. It hasn't broken. I, I, I didn't go that fast. My, my parents did <laughs> four and five years. And I always like to remind her of the potential that is in my family. <laughs> Just so that... Because your grandfather had a child at 95. Yes. My grandfather yeah. had a child. No, he wasn't. He was in his 90s. I think it was like 92. <laughs> so, I have explained these things to her <laughs> before marriage for her to know. Pray for me, oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, about our kids, sometimes um, we just catch them doing things. <laughs> yeah, love lives here. <laughs> This was um, anniversary last year. Yeah. This is the whole family, um, family of four for now. Um, <laughs> this was, yes, so now, this was during the week. Um, I was trying to get some recent pictures. This was during the week. We were, my wife and I were out somewhere. I thought we were together in this and all of that. Suddenly, <laughs> <laughs> suddenly, <laughs> I see my nice wife chilling <laughs> with another guy <laughs> forming bad person. I then thought they would even be sad about it, you know, and things like that. To my surprise, <laughs> they were all excited. But but such is life. I've learned a lot in marriage. Uh, then, so now I'm hesitating to put the, the last, last picture. picture. He has to come up. My wife insisted I add this, but. Um, <laughs> I will explain. I can totally explain. I can totally explain. So that was, um, I think that was 2016. What? Was July to, it was 2016. Before Fori was born. 2016, yeah. So it was one of my maternity dresses. And then that wig is, um, was for my sister. So my sister came to the city and she dropped her wig in the city room. And my maternity dress was in the room. And suddenly both of us just see my husband with this. I can explain. You know, if you're around a pregnant woman, you have to do a lot to make her feel comfortable. You know, it's just a, a show of love. Just trying to, to be there for her, to excite her, to make her delivery easy. So when we then went into the labor ward, where did we? Me and you. <laughs> we went in together. She delivered easily because of things like that. All right? Keep her blood pressure good. You know, things like that too. <laughs> Shall I pray for your pastor? <laughs> okay, so let's, let's get into this. Um, I'll, I'll start. Let me put you on the spot first of all by asking... Um, how you got sure that I was the one? Of course, it sounds obvious. It had to be me. But, <laughs> but wh- what was your process like of coming to find God's will for your life? Being sure? Um, were you always sure? Did, you know, did the assurance kind of come in along the line? You know, stuff like that. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I think it was... Um, can, can you give my wife more volume? I kind of think she's... It was 20 then, 2010. Okay. Um, I got out of a relationship and then um, I had a resolve not to date again for a while. Like, I wanted to be sure, I wanted to free myself up and all of that. Then uh, we met in law school 2009 and then we graduated. And then somehow, 
I happen to find out that he stays in Ibadan. And then my parents also stay in Ibadan. You were stalking on me. I wasn't. <laughs> I, was, I wouldn't have. I didn't like you then. I'll show you know. So you were saying? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so, so, so this guy then, somehow, it was a Tolu from afar. And then Tolu started coming closer. He started calling more often. And then he started, um, he started asking my friends about me. Like, am I out of a relationship? Or am I likely to go back into the relationship? So I could know how to be praying for you. So, he finally started coming on dates. He didn't call it dates then. He just wanted to check on me when he's in town. He wanted to see me. Can we hang out? And then, of course, ladies, you will know now. When a guy starts uh, going around you like he goes. And he starts swearing. <laughs> and then... Um, <laughs> and then <laughs> okay, 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 one house, one house. <laughs> okay, and then so he 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 remained persistent. Ah, I should cast you. I've not said this thing in, in church, I should say it. So one of those days um, when he was still asking me out or wanting to ask me out, there was this um uh, magic number. Who remembers magic number? So the guy comes <laughs> You are even trying to ask a girl out. You not tell her, can you add me to your magic number? Okay, if you don't know magic number, there was one time MTN did this promo where you get to add one person to your number, like a family and friend thing, but then you get to talk all through the night for free. So he wanted to add me, he wanted me to add him to his magic number so that he can call me for free. How cheap can that go? I was... I... You were what? <laughs> At the time, okay. I was um, a youth core member. Are you a broke? <laughs> At the time, youth core members were not paid 33k. <laughs> and, um, no, so at the time, well, I mean, if you would be fair to me, I think that um, from when I really started coming you around, I, Let me I really what happened. Let me explain what happened. He wanted to save money to buy gifts. You want that perfume give I talked about the last time? <laughs> That's what he was supposed to do. No, so but, but if you said... be fair to me, I, okay. um, and maybe I, I wanted to hit on that. I think from when I came around, um, I think I really came. Yeah, you came. I think I really came. Yeah. So it was clear this was what I was going for. Yes. And um, as much as I wanted to make you comfortable enough before I asked you, but it wasn't just like a forever dancing around. Oh no 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 no! Okay, wasn't. just to just to be fair, it wasn't. Let and let to and to create because that's something important to note. I just yeah, that you shouldn't dance around for long. Actually, he didn't. I think he didn't have much time. He had never had a girlfriend, so he wanted to really be sure whether this happened and then move on. So, like I was saying, um, the magic number. Of course, I said no to him. No magic number and all that. Of and I was also just I using did. that to test your tempo. Like, you like wish. where are we? Yeah, no. Okay, so at that time I had I had two other guys that were asking me out. I was hot, try me, try me. So it was a, you know, of course it might sound very cool, like guys we after you, but I think it was a difficult situation when all Christian brothers come together and say that, and say that God said, but this guy did not have the audacity to tell me that God said. God did not say anything to him, according to his revelation to me. He just said he wanted us to go into a relationship that would lead to marriage. 
And that was the most um, ungodly of all of the proposals I got. <laughs> the others wanted, they said God loved, God said that we are meant for each other and all of that. And I was asking one particular one that, I, I, we, I, I, do you love me? Do you like me? Or what's, what made you come close? And the guy said, no, it's just God. That, you know, God, God told him and all that. So, okay, so I started praying about, I started praying about it. And of course, somehow, I just knew that he was the one. And that didn't come from, wasn't about how fine he was, was, emphasis on was, and how, how his lines were. But it was, I think it was more from a place of um, relationship with God. So I had had a, yeah, fairly good relationship with God at the time. I had, um, I had um, relationships, uh, Christian relationships around me. And all that. So it was from that place I was I was praying about it. Funny, I never really prayed like a fasting and prayer, but it was just God. What's what's next steps for me in this season? With who, how, and when? And that was called my heart. And then somehow He kept resonating. Of course, there were a lot of likeness. I started getting endeared to Him, and then I just knew in my heart that this was it. This was what God was leading me to. And so I, of course, the six weeks was, I can't even talk about the six weeks. Six weeks was to, to be sure for clarity and all that. And once I was, I told him. Okay. Um, I, on behalf of the church, we say congrats for making a wise choice. Um, because we just think of where your life would have been. But, but, but. <laughs> Maybe I would have been in Canada. <laughs> you know, so I want to ask about second guessing. Okay. Uh, sometimes, um. I think sometimes um, people tell me, um, you, like in one moment you feel like, yes, I'm sure, whether I'm in a relationship, I'm about to make a decision, you, you kind of like feel I'm sure, then in another moment you're like second guessing, uh, maybe something happens, you, should I break up, should I not? Um, I know you had moments probably when you thought about breaking up, um, we all just laugh at where your life would have been, anyway, but, <laughs> but, but have you had this thing of like second guessing how do you think we deal with it how can we really be sure is it possible yes and i'm maybe i'm particularly asking you because you know you had been in um quite a few relationships that were not god's will for your life um you know um the one with that guy the one with that guy seriously um, <laughs> the other one that Keep other counting. one okay and um so I'm sure you got to points in those relationships where you felt like no, mm. and then you pulled out. Mm. But here in this relationship, you got to points where maybe you second-guessed sometimes, but you stayed. What would you say about this constant affirmation, second-guessing, am I sure? Maybe even in a marriage, I find myself second-guessing, like, <laughs> I mean, because I really want to learn, so. <laughs> okay, so, um, yeah, yeah, I quite agree with you. We had times when I... I, I almost broke off the relationship with him, and um, it was a lot of tension at the time, and it had to do with a lot of seasons changed, and then I, I thought things could work this way, and they weren't working. And of course, the initial, I realized I had residue from previous relationships, like backlogs of, oh, this is how unfortunate, incidentally, let me say, the guy I dated before him was also a pastor. And then we hit the rocks. And so there was this thing of, okay, so are pastors like this? Is there a tendency? Am I sure I can do this? What should I? And then I think I, I had all of that back and forth a couple of times. Of course, we had, we had talks about it that didn't pretty go well. 
But then at some point, I think I spoke to his brother, um, his elder brother, he's one of his older brothers, and then um, we talk a lot about it. And the guy spoke to me like I was his sister and not his brother. And I prayed about it again. It was a tough call because it was this feeling of, okay, if I stay in this relationship and we spend the next one year still dating, and then I realized later on that it wasn't God's will for my life, would I... And it would be difficult for me to pull back. You know that thing of age has gone on it. And then everybody knows us together. We've done Facebook. Then Facebook was more rampant and all that. Should we now pull out? So I think I got to the point where it wasn't really about all of that feeling again. It was an objective feeling of, you know, I don't even care if we have to um, unfriend ourselves on Facebook, if we have to delete pictures, if we have to tell our friends and all that. But it was more about, okay, so what is, what is the heart of God for my life in this season? It was about um, the issues we had. Are there things that forgiveness can overlook? Are there things that love can go over? Are there things that... And then sometimes also reassuring myself. You know, I said I waited for six weeks for clarity, for just to be sure that I wasn't clouded by everything that was around me. And so I was going back on all those things. Okay, so when I, at, at the point when I said I knew this was God's will for my life, what was the assurance in my heart? What was, what was God leading my heart to at that point? And then at some point, of course, I had a lot of comparison with the previous relationship. When I broke up, what was that point I got to where I knew that this was the breaking point? And I felt I didn't get to that point with this guy. I felt I could still push some more. I felt we're working this together. It's like when you are taking, you're studying medicine and at some point you feel like this thing is really getting tough. Should I just go back to biochemistry education? Or should I just keep pushing? But at some point, you realize that I think I've not tested the limit of what my strength can carry. I think I've not tested the limit of what God is doing in this. I think I want to push on. I think I want to stay on. I think I want to give it another try. I think I want to. And then I looked at him as a, as, as a person. He is a child of God. And I know that except even when he blocks his ears, somehow God has a way of just talking to him and echoing to me or talking to me and echoing to him. And then in, that, in, that, in the middle of everything, we found that. And I think that's the, the beauty of a godly relationship, having, both having a relationship with God. You know, we talk about um, um, the ox being unequally yoked. When you're equally yoked, your father is, you share the same father, you share the same family, and somehow um, deep color to deep. And, and that was a call yeah. for me. And so breaking through that was a major you know what, whatever happens in life, I know if God saw us through this, then it's an assurance, it's a statement of all that is to come in our marriage. So even in marriage, where we get to that point where, you know, there are tensions, where there are silent, um, not beefs, but, you know, silent um, inconveniences, you just remind yourself about the fact that this What's person... Sorry? No, with you. Just remind yourself that this person actually <laughs> loves me and God has a purpose for this and through whatever we go through, God is working out his purpose. And so wake up another day and try to see how this works. Yeah. I think, I think, um, and I think, I think that's really much like a reality that um, relationships have their seasons. Yeah. And, um, you know, we, we live in a world that tries to sell this picture to us about, um, you know, that a relationship is just always a good feeling and what have you. But truth is, relationships have their seasons. And um, as much as I don't think relationships should perpetually be under tension, mm-hmm. but we can't take away the fact that there are some seasons where um, we're just walking through some tensions. Yeah. And um, I don't, you know, we read the scripture last week about how Jesus speaks of those growing into the largeness of marriage. And, and, and I really think that through all of this, one of the things I have found, um, maybe not so much second guessing, but 
you know, even walking through those tension moments, how to handle them, what to do. I always find that, you know, God is as interested in what he's doing in me as what he's doing with us. Yeah. And so it's not just about having a right situation between us. It's about God finding a right heart in me. That God wants me to be able to stretch more, to be able to love more. Mm. God wants me to become a bigger person on the inside. God wants me, you know, so many times you're claiming rights and, you know, you're feeling, why doesn't she see, she see things that way? Mm. Or why doesn't she come to this point? And God is saying, you know, can you have a larger heart and a larger perspective mm. and what have you? And I think one of the things that also helped us a lot was that, I think from the, from the foundations, we kind of tried to, from the beginnings, we, tried to, we kind of tried to lay some foundations um, that were real, that were honest, and that were genuine. So pretty much we have these lines that we throw between ourselves about how, um, what love means to us. Mm. And so that I have your best interest at heart yeah. and that I'm committed to this. Yeah. And so um, just as simple as that sounds, that I mean well for you, I'm committed to this relationship. I have your best interest at heart. Mm. As simple as that sounds, you know, it always gives me perspective. Mm. It gives me perspective when we walk through moments where, you know, you literally look at what she does or what she did and you feel, you know, why would you? (laughs) Like, why would you? Um, Really, why would you? Um, But just knowing that she means well, that we're committed to this, that we have the best interest. Um, so we might not see things the same way, but it doesn't mean that we have become opponents. Yeah. It just means that we're growing to come to a point. And so um, there's this principle that I, le- I learned years ago from Victoria Austin. Um, Victoria would say that sometimes in her relationship with Joel, um, they just have to get to this point where we agree to disagree. Yeah. That we, we, we agree that, that we disagree. That we disagree. Yeah. Um, and pretty much, I think with my wife and I, I find that sometimes also in these seasons of um, it's not what you want. Um, yeah. Thank God for all the, you know, really thank God for all the beautiful seasons in a relationship. Yeah. But I think that the wisdom to handle the tough seasons will, will, will play out more in the long run of where your relationships will get to. Yeah. Because um, every time you see people have a happy um, wedding ceremony and all of that, and then down the line you hear of tensions and, and stuff like that. Um, I really think it's, be- it's not because they didn't know how to be in happy moments. It's because they didn't know how to handle the slightest tensions, right? Yeah. So a lot of these underlying wisdoms tell the bigger story. Yeah. And so there's this thing of agreeing to disagree. And what that looks like for us is that there are certain things that as my wife and I sit here right now, we are both not on the same page about. Yeah. And we acknowledge we, that fact. We acknowledge it. Yeah. We agree that we, don't ag- that we don't agree. Okay? And so that now means that we both go back. Sometimes it means that we're not talking about this yet. Sometimes it means that we both recognize that we need to pray more as individuals mm-hmm. yeah. for God to especially correct her um, <laughs> and let her know that, you know, do you understand, you know, for, for God, to, so we, we just sometimes, I mean, sometimes we're having, um, talking over things and we both know this is, okay, so it doesn't now have to become we're opponents. Yeah. It just means that in working out this thing together, we just don't see things the same way now as we're looking for our best interest. And so I think it really helps us to um, come through some of those seasons stronger than we were even before those seasons. So we kind of know where the, 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 the things are. And we know, I know how I need to be praying for her. Um, she knows how she needs to be praying for me. We know how we need to be coming along with each other. We know things not to push hard. You know, we know things to take in stride. Yeah. We know where we're trying to expose our minds and grow. Yeah. And, um, and I just think it, 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 it kind of helps us. Yeah, then I think that the two, two things for me, again, around this space, 
there's this thing we always say too about um, when we have disagreement that it's not you and I against each other. So it's not like we're standing on two sides of the table. Yeah. But it's you and I against what we disagree on. Yeah. So it's like this is what is causing disagreement. The TV is black. No, you say it's white. And this is you and I. So it's you and I coming together to fight this. Not you fighting me for this. Yeah. And then I think secondly... Um, now, you all didn't clap when I made my good points. <laughs> anyway. And then I think secondly too, there's, um, there's this thing I heard, I heard um, Brian Houston say that God doesn't make you one way. God is not schizophrenic. He doesn't make you one way and expect to, you to act in another way. So if God makes you this way, this is how you're going to act. And so we get to acknowledge the fact that we are actually two different people. We come from two different backgrounds. Yeah. There are times when we talk about our backgrounds. And it's just very funny how it's like, there are things I grew up with. And he's telling me, ah, really? And I'm like, ah, ah seriously, you didn't have... It's just very... a world of different. One. You didn't have. You have. Anyway. <laughs> okay, yeah. So, so there, there are a lot, there's a lot of difference in just our backgrounds and how um, our parents probably even related with each other and how we had conceptualized marriage or all of this relationship thing unconsciously from things that we see and how we have to now realign ourselves to, okay, what are we really building within the context of what we're building? We bring up, our personalities are different. And so if we acknowledge that fact, I don't always expect him to say it the right way or to understand it the right way. I don't expect it to appeal to him. So he probably, he's probably from a more conservative background than I am. And then he has issues with us some things. I don't have to now make it an issue about it. Understanding his deficiencies is just enough <laughs> to help me grow into the largeness of my I just thought to chip that in. Yeah. yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, so, and, and I also think something that, that would be quite important in this space, maybe two things that strike me. One is the fact that, you know, the, the longer I stayed, like she said, I, I hadn't been in a relationship before I got into a relationship with her. Um, I mean, apart from my relationship with Jesus and, and, and the people and in my mother. world. And so, um, and that, that kind of shows my accuracy, um, that I know what I want and I go for it. So, compared to people who just, anyway, but... Um, but, but I think, sometimes. <laughs> but but I found that you know through all of my single moments, um, so I was single for about twenty something years. What year did we start? It's like twenty five years. Yeah. I was single for the best part of twenty five years. But I found that through all my single years, a lot of the just being a Christian things, you know how that you are in a unit in church, somebody does something, and you know in your heart, I'm supposed to forgive. Mm. And you have to look beyond that, or a leader offends you, and you know, you cry. I mean, I've had moments I cried in serving in church and stuff like that. Or, you know, God just telling you to apologize to somebody. You know, this thing of your relationship with God, mm. nudging on your everyday, mm. you know. You know, it was when I got into a relationship because, I mean, it was honestly a new space for me. Um, I, di- I, 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 I didn't have a sister um, growing up until marriage. That I got sisters by marriage. Um, I, di- I didn't have a sister. Um, so I, I, I was pretty much in uh, not being in a relationship. So I, you know how you just kind of have your ideas and you're in your space. Mm. You know, I was, I was my guy. So Like he didn't even know how to buy a sanitary pad. I shouldn't know how to. No, I'm just saying. Yeah, but I'm emphasizing. So I had to teach him the colors, the how, what do you look out so, for? So, like I said, <laughs> um, um, 
but I realized that my relationship with Jesus, when I then got into these spaces, I realized how all those things were like the greatest assets for, for these things. Yeah. So it, for me, it's more like, you know, God was all the while preparing you for this space. Mm. We think of preparation when the battle has started. So we kind of think, you know, I'm in a war zone. Um, I'm trying to read a book on marriage. There's a couple I'm counseling with now. And, you know, got married just a few months ago and and some very heavy crisis. And so it's a lot of, let's talk to this person. Let's read this. And sometimes I'm trying to say, the truth is you will fight the battle based on the army you built Mm. before the war started. Absolutely. And so it's the heart in you that could always look beyond things yeah. the heart in you that could that that could you know take on a little more that could you know th- let this mind be in you that was also in christ yeah. jesus who did not claim rights did yeah. not consider it you know Absolutely. equality something you know it wasn't all about my rights and what i deserve and all of that and so it's that christian journey really that i when i look back i realized was always preparing me Absolutely. for the reality of a relationship for the marriage, um, for... And so I, I just kind of really want to emphasize that no season of our life is disconnected. Mm. That, you Absolutely. know, whatever God is doing with you, where you are right now, is the same story. Trust me, when I thought, you know, with my wife, um, you can have moments and tensions, but you can talk it through. Yeah. Uh, but when you then have children that you can't talk it through, <laughs> you can't talk it through with them. And there's tension. <laughs> You know, um, I I kind of these days read the story of the woman that boiled her child and read it in new perspective. No way. In new, no, uh, you know, new perspective. Just this thing of. Now you see why she boiled her child. <laughs> no way. I wouldn't do that. You know, I I read Abraham going to offer Isaac, and these days I think maybe it wasn't that hard. <laughs> you know, like God says, uh, to you God offer one of your children. I'll just tell God the particular one. Then what? You know, but that's the point. So God was all the while preparing you, yeah. working in me the heart. Um, and for me, I really just can't. And then the second thing that I think I also wanted to emphasize on that space is how that, um, as much as I don't believe we should demonize our feelings, yeah. um, like make it look like feelings are evil and they don't matter, that we're just called to walk by faith. Mm. Do you believe that she's the one? Mm. I believe that it doesn't matter what you see. Don't be moved by what you see. Just believe. Mm. But you're waking up and there's all this thing going around. Don't follow your feelings. Mm. You know, you wake up in a home. So, so I'm always really, really tripped when people tell me things like they married somebody because God told them to. Um, I'm excited for you. Um, <laughs> but I'm also concerned for you because um, if there's no ownership about this. Absolutely. You know, when I, was in, when I was in JS3, I remember that there was this teacher that didn't like me. And... Um, we both knew we didn't like ourselves, basically. <laughs> and then one day, the teacher was invigilating an exam that I was, I was writing. So in the middle of invigilating, the teacher then picked on me. Everybody was laughing and doing The teacher just picked on me and seized my script and said, she's not allowing me to write again. And all of that. So, of course, thankfully, I think it was maybe an Greek exam that I didn't care about. So me too, I was making it. That, well, you, ah, da, da, da. So I went to the next class. And then the teacher that liked me, that was my guy, was invigilating there. So he then said, you know what, Olu? For the sake of your exam. So I was trying to say, no, she's just picking on me. She doesn't like me. And then he said, for the sake of your exam, go there and apologize to her. And write the exam. So I'm like, where would I go? And anyway, so he insisted. He said, Tolu, this is me telling you as an instruction. Go and do it. So I walk in there. And then I say, Mr. X said, I should say sorry. 
you know. And of course, the woman who says she has head, you know. Um, but you know, that's the kind of tone I get when many people come and they're like, God said I should marry you. You know, like it's not me, it's not me, remove me from this. You know, and I'm trying to say, sir, like Adam said, it's his wife that you gave me. It's the wife you gave me, you know, and I'm trying to say, own it. I'm not saying, I mean, I, I, I believe I live under the leading of God in my life, yeah, right? But and so I'm not saying, um, I didn't pray or anything and all of that, but whatever I hear from God, I own it. So I come to you and I believe in this relationship. I believe I want you to marry me. I believe we can do something. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Because I trust what God has told me. Absolutely. And so, um, waking up every morning in my marriage is on one part, the faith that I have in what God told me. But it's also an excitement that I found in what God told me. Absolutely. You know, so you don't just want to wake up and be in the slightest tension and say, did I even hear God? I'm like, I also like this thing. Even if God did say it, I also, you understand what I'm saying? So I own it. It seemed good to the Holy yeah. Ghost and to us. That's what the, the, the believers would say. And so on one hand, you don't want to demonize feelings and make it look like, oh, your feelings don't matter. I think yeah. they matter within yeah. the right context. But at the same time, you don't want to be a slave to feelings. Yeah. You know, so when you walk through seasons in your relationship or your marriage, or even in your everyday relationships, please learn from the word go. Not to be a slave to feelings. Mm. If you have lived your life, let me tell you the truth. If you have lived your life as a single guy or you're living your life as a single lady now, and the day you don't feel like the, the whole world must stop, the day I'm feeling like I have a mood swing, everybody should just get out. Mm. You know, I don't want to see anybody. And you know, and so you, you've become a slave to how you feel in the moment. Mm. Then the truth is that the day you wake up, you have two kids. Um, you have a wife and you don't feel like guess what you are going to do do you understand and so tensions fly you say something you didn't plan to say that two hours later you wish you didn't say but you are too proud to apologize (laughs) tensions start to rise so I think we must learn early enough that we buy into feelings but we don't become slaves to feelings we don't allow our relationships and our lives and the everydays I'm telling you you wake up one morning you don't feel like going out and you stay at home why Mm. go just go Train yourself not to be a slave to feelings. It would benefit you a great deal. When you look at your child, don't let's talk about, but it would benefit you a great deal. When, you know how many people actually just did something because they felt like doing it. And then, it doesn't take an hour. They realize, I shouldn't have. But it becomes complicated, right? So you are now resolving what you said after you did that, not even what you did. Layers have piled up. So you now went to say, you know, and all of that. So I just think that, yeah. that kind of comes in. And I think that there was something you, you said on the leaders group this week um, about we don't always know where each line would lead or how the lines will add up. But we must remain committed to faithful, to be faithful with each piece that God puts in our hands part time. The whole story will eventually be a story of several faithful lines that didn't individually adopt. So I think the story of Sham Shams, yeah. putting our little upon little upon little and it comes together. Yeah. You, talked about, you talked a lot about your relationship with God, how it has helped you. I think even in our workspaces, in our school spaces, how we give less of our best to our academics or how we give less of our best to our workspace. And we feel like, it's my boss, I have a wicked boss. But you're forgetting that the character you're building in that is what you will just replicate in whatever you're doing Fantastic. in marriage. So I think it was quite outstanding. Yeah. Quick question I want to ask you. What do you do with... So you were giving an example of these guys that were asking you out. <clears throat> and I remember the particular one that told you um, 
um, some prophet told him some, some, something. Anyway, what I want to ask you, what do you do with somebody who is in my space? Um, maybe he's not saying anything. So there are different ways this works. There are guys that are in my space. He's not saying anything. I've waited for him to say. I thought maybe he's looking for the courage to say it. The courage does not seem to be coming. But he's in my space. And then I'm concerned that other people cannot come to the space. Because he has occupied my, my space. There's that. Um, there's also, maybe even as a married person sometimes, somebody is just in your space. Um, I remember we were hanging out with a couple and... <laughs> the wife was telling us about her husband is operating like a praise leader in the church or something and then um, his wife came and so the wife came to meet her do you get okay we were hanging out with a couple so the wife in that couple is telling us about one. another couple <laughs> where the husband is a praise leader and the wife of the praise leader came to meet her Okay, I was now saying that is there something wrong? But that every time my husband is leading praise and worship, and you know, you know this kind of interactive praise and worship, Ebamba, Ebamba, that there's this lady, lady that the way she and her husband used to do it is looking too much. So they will now both go down, go down, come up, come up. You know, seven the Lord. And so there are different ways seven the Lord. You know, there are different ways people just seem to be in our space, right? Um. Sometimes my wife is at home and then, you know, different ways people seem to be in our space. So what do you do about protecting your space? Um, do you think sometimes that maybe you're just being too careful or is there an extent that he's just being too careful or should I just allow it? Or What's your advice in that regard? I think a scripture that comes to mind for that is First um, Timothy 5, 2. It says that older women, treat older women as mothers, not sugar mommy. In my own translation... And it says, treat younger women as sisters, mm. not babes. Wow. In all purity. Wow. In all purity. So I, I think that the, we should come to that maturity where, um, because she's in a relationship with somebody else, doesn't give me enough rights to call her whatever names I want to. Because I know we are both in relationships. I think we should. There's a lot of maturity in it. There's a lot of purity that we must put into what we say and how we behave. It's not about them. Um, I, I know people that would put a girl's status on their, a girl's picture on their status with a love caption and say, no, it's just my friend. It's friendship, friendship acknowledgement and all that. There's no point. Scripture says, don't awaken love if you don't want it. There's no point smelling something that you don't want to eat. There's no point trying to go round and round and round. I think that we should come to the point of contentment. Mm. Contentment with what is ours. So, part time. Part time, exactly. So is this lady yours at this time? The answer is no. Then let it be. Could she be yours in the near future? Yes. Then make steps. Pray about it. Walk in that direction and walk fast. <laughs> Don't be cooking food and you first want to slice onions, want to go to the market, and you put water on fire. You quickly go to the market to go and buy rice. You come back, you put the rice, you need to go to the market again to go and buy tomatoes. I think, um, I'm not saying you should rush it and uh, <coughs> just be, but I said at the same time, there's the, don't stay around so much and expect the lady or the sister to just understand that we are platonic friends. And I also think that there's a lot of wisdom in guarding spaces, especially for married people. It's very easy for married people to fall into this thing of, I'm married, I have children, who's looking at me? It's just a friend in the office. It's just my colleague at, and you just let go of the guards 
and you some, somehow realize that you are chatting with this person till midnight and you feel it's just work. It's nothing, we're not talking anything apart from work. But a lot goes into that conversation. So gradually, you begin to tell the person, okay, yes, I'll be out. I want to have my bath now and come to work. And then you're already putting a picture in the person's <laughs> mind. And then the person is the first person you see at work. You spend so much time. So I think there's a lot of wisdom in guarding your spaces. I don't think you can, as a married person, overguard your space. I'd rather you fall to the point of, uh, uh, your own is too much, than for you to fall into, no, I'm just trying to be funky. It's the 21st century. So he was talking about this guy that was asking me out and the guy had a lot of... Okay, so I'd said no. I'm in a relationship. And then the guy would keep calling. He would keep singing. He said he composed a song for me. I hope he doesn't watch this video. He, he composed a song for me. Today he's saying that. He's, and then he says... The I prophet, just found that very ridiculous. Actually. And he said the prophet told him. He took my picture from Facebook to the prophet. And the prophet said this and all that. And so initially, my response was... I'm already in a relationship that the guy is just wasting the time. So I'll keep picking the guy's call. And what I used to do was I'll put it on speaker and leave it. I'll probably sleep off. And the guy will be doing, I used to do, I used to do, I said, mm, and he continues singing or doing stuff. But then I realized that somehow I was beginning to get, okay, so the guy will call. Of course, I would laugh at it and all that. But when I told him about it, he felt, no, why? Give me the guy's number. Yeah. And I think it was a bold step. He helped a lot. So he called the guy. Thank you. So, so he called the guy and said, "Hi, my name is Tolumudi. That um, I, I hear you've been around." And then he took, not like he fought or don't touch my babe, but he just told the guy that he thinks, you know, respect the girl's decision and let's be men and just act as men. And, and the guy, and the guy actually apologized, and that was the last. He never called me again. Another instance was. Um, Voice R. <laughs> Say yes. <laughs> Another instance was when one of the guys, I, the, the guy was dating before, the pastor was dating before. Which I, of them? Before. It's just one Specified. of them. Okay, it's the pastor, them. Okay, there's only one pastor, but there were others. It's just one of them. One pastor, but others. There's Muslim there, there's pastor there, there's. Actually, I dated a Muslim foolishly <laughs> when I was in school. So, um, so that, that guy too, we, we had broken up and we didn't talk for a while. But he kept coming to say, oh, how am I doing? Like, okay, nothing, nothing, you know, just to talk. And then my husband just texts him and says, oh, I hear you've been, my wife and I am talking about you a lot. And we, uh, that he heard that we've been talking recently. And I just called to say hello. He just texted to say hello. And then the guy was going, oh, what are you talking about? What are you? My wife did not reply him. And the guy never came back again till he got married finally. And so I feel there's also the duty on the other party to look out for your spouse. It's easy for us to say, no, let her take charge, let her be responsible, let him be responsible. But then, as human beings, there are times we really get vulnerable, where we, there are blind spots, like you always say, there are things we don't see, there are things we chip in and we feel, no, I can have control over it. As the other person, I think is, is that when, when one is weak, the other can hold him up. So I think there's a, a responsibility, a duty on the other person to also hold up. And let's watch out for ourselves and not just leave yeah. the space. And if you're not dating yet, I think you should leave the gap. There's no, you don't have anything calling people babes. What will you now call your girlfriend when you start dating? Yeah. So I actually, and the other thing I think is that many times we are in denial of a part of us that exists. Mm. So we all have an emotional framework. And the truth is, um, it's real. Mm. It's growing. It's inclining. It's picking signals. It's picking vibes at every time, whether you're married, whether you're single, 
We all have an emotional framework. My duty in my marriage now is to channel my emotional framework as much as I can to somebody who I have made a vow to. When I'm in a relationship, my duty is to channel my emotional framework towards her. All right? If I'm single, my duty is to, you know, um, to, 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 to manage my emotional framework with all the wisdom I can. Yeah. All right? But not to be in denial of it. So it's this thing of, I can just do anything, be anywhere, say anything. And we don't understand that these seeds that we plant, they grow a harvest. Yeah. And so many times people have traveled an emotional journey where they have not made a commitment. Yeah. All right? So in your mind with somebody, there is all of this going on. There is all of these pictures. There is all of these imaginations. There is all of this going on, but there is no commitment to it. And so um, people then sometimes, you now come into a different marriage. You are wondering why you are not really in this. Mm-hmm. You know, in Genesis, when God says that a man would leave his father and cleave to his wife, I'd always looked at that scripture and felt one thing I, I, nev- I never want to undermine is that I always want to have my living strength and my cleaving strength. Absolutely. That, you know, it's like you put um, glue on this surface, and then we have said that we are going to join it to this other one. You know those kind of glues that you, you join, right? And so if on the journey to this, I touch a little dust there, pull it off, touch something, pull it off, touch something, pull it off, touch, go around, dance, 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 pull off. Do you understand? I say this one, do all of that. You know, by the time you get here, there isn't the cleaving strength. It's weak. Yeah. There are people in marriages that are simply trying, but they are everywhere. Their thoughts are everywhere. Their emotions are everywhere. And so I just feel that every one of us on this journey has to see this living and cleaving power. Yeah. That it's more than just showing up somewhere one day to say words. It's actually an entire journey. Mm. And in the other point, you know, being in this now for me is that, guy, you have cleaved. Keep cleaving. Yeah. Do you understand? Don't claim cleaving while you are, like she said, there are just some very foolish choices that I think people make. Um, maybe unfortunate choices. This is the point. I heard somebody say last year, he said everybody has an emotional tank. Yeah. And that it's like going to a filling station, um, constantly refueling. Do you understand? Constantly refueling. Refueling it. And so in a marriage, you understand that primary, God's primary mind for you to fuel your emotional tank is from your family. It's from your spouse, your family. So keep fueling it. Keep fueling it. Okay? Keep pouring it. Keep filling it up. Keep, but don't claim I have an emotional tank and then I am just finding this emotional leaning spaces everywhere. Do you understand? Eh? Mobi, Tota, you buy one liter here, one liter here, one liter, then you get three liters from your spouse. You know, so it's like she's the dominant, you know, God's plan for our lives and our marriages is that this is like a a space for us to to infiltrate. And so there's a scripture in Proverbs 26 and verse 10 that that I I like a lot. It says that where there's no wood, the fire burns out. This is always my advice to people that you have to understand that fire burns in the places where you put wood. You have to understand that as a principle. Fire doesn't burn where there's no wood. You know, you start a fire, it is the wood that fuels a fire. So if you feel like, I can't even control, I just feel like I'm all over somebody. I'll tell you the truth. There is wood that you are putting that is sustaining it. The day you start to pull out that wood, you realize that that fire will burn out. Just give it time. Every fire that is not fueled would burn out. On the flip side, where there is supposed to be a fire, consciously put wood. Do you understand what I'm saying? Put wood. Fill it in. 
pour more. You can't be in a relationship and not be putting wood there. Yeah. You know that we're, we're planning to us our wedding, we will marry. Pour wood. Yeah. Make it exciting. Invest emotionally. Bond stronger. Don't, you know, um, create a journey. Create a story. Or, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Put wood in the directions where your fires are to burn. And so I think every one of us must be able to objectively sit back and ask ourselves, one, where are my fires burning? Are they the right places for it to be burning? And if it's not, pull out the wood. Yeah. And, uh, and so that pulling out the wood might look like many things to different people. There's no point checking someone's status if you realize it is burning a fire in you. Mm. Uh, but I'm not chatting the person. Don't mute it. I was leaning over my wife yesterday. She will mute status. Then she will go to mute it and be checking. <laughs> do you understand? I do that I too. But, that from you. Uh, what? Uh, once in a while, just to know what's going on in town. I check, <laughs> I check muted statuses. But, but then, that's the point. So, you claim I've muted. You realize you're going back there. Sometimes I get to that point with people where I, I, I honestly just feel, I'd rather just not have your number. Yeah. Save myself the emotional pressure. Yeah of uh, what is happening with you. Are you do you understand that? So yeah. um, I think that's just some wisdom space for yeah. everybody. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay, let's start to land um, because we are fast pressed on time. Um, I have a couple of things I listed out here, but um, let me just see where I can land you. Okay, good, please. Let me just land out with this. Mm. I want to talk about people who have had disappointments um, um, wounded in some way or the other, whether in a relationship, whether um, expectations have been wounded, but in such a way that we realize that it has kind of stamped something on our hearts. And so sometimes I'm talking to people about relationships, and the truth is, their expectations have been wounded. Yeah. They grew up in a family where um, the tension just has wounded expectations. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they themselves have been victims. But this thing of um, wounds that have touched on our heart and really if we don't allow God to heal it's going to become the same model that we would start to walk in what's your top advice for people dealing with wounds whether I know it or I don't know it but I just realized my framework is wounded alright I've seen this I've experienced this my framework is wounded my expectations are wounded what's your top advice for coming to a place where you can say I absolutely love I am open hearted I'm in this you know God has brought me into this Okay, so I, I think I've never had a heartbreak before in terms of relationship. But something that, that I remember a lot that felt like a sore that wouldn't heal was when I lost my mother. And it was, it was really painful because she was in a coma for two years. And then she finally died 20 years ago now. What, and so, 20? yeah, 20. Yeah. And so there was this... So at that point, it was, it was this feeling of there was hope. I wake up, we woke up in the morning then... And then she was getting better. She started talking a little. She started learning how to walk. And then it felt like, okay, we're getting there. We're getting there. We started. So it was almost like we had lost the thing of, oh, she might never leave. And then we just wake up one morning. And then she just dies without explanation. And, of course, it was a lot of pain for us because we felt, no, this is not adding up. Why? So why, why did we even get, why did she even get better? So a lot of, why did she die two years ago? So that would just end the matter. Why did we have to go through all of the emotional feeling, all of the waking up every morning and hoping this work and actually putting our energy, our money and everything, our time. And for, for, for many years, I think I, I was really bitter. I was really lost in that thought of a mother, a loved one that, and it just, but maybe one of the things that I know God used to encourage my heart then was the fact that 
um, for every relationship that he gives us, it's not so much about the person, as in the person, but it's about a type and shadow of what he's building. God has people everywhere. God is building an army of people. God sends people our way. And so in as much as we have contact with such people, they are our life, they are at some point, but we should thank God, appreciate, honor all the memories and all the things that we had with them in that time. Hmm. And then be also honoring and faithful to the future to say what more does God have to do with me in this season. So that way we find ourselves not just dwelling in the now, in the heart of why did this happen? I'm waiting for explanations. Yeah. I need to be sure of what happened or how it happened or what I should have done and all of that. Or oh, it's my fault and that. But I'm moving forward to say, okay, while I'm still alive, God still has a purpose on yeah. this earth for me. And I'm going to be faithful to it. I'm going to wake up in the morning and put myself to it. I'm going to put my energy into it and all of that. And there was something my husband said many years ago then, that sometimes you don't, you don't reap where you sow. But God always promises us a harvest for what we sow. So you might, you might sow so much into this person, your time, you gave your money, you gave your attention. It felt like this was it. Yeah. And you felt emotionally drained. You felt jilted. You felt the person wasn't committed enough. The person deceived you. The person wasn't. But always remember that whatever you sowed in that person, in that relationship, in that family, yeah. is not lost. God always brings a harvest in many folds, yeah. in different places. Many times it doesn't just even show up in relationships alone. Many times it shows up in work, it shows up in family, it shows up yeah. in your finances. And then God also honors his word and gives you a relationship that is really honoring of all that he wants you to do in this yeah. season. So always remember that it's not so much about what I have put into it. So you don't get entitled, you don't feel like it was me, I did this, I did that. But maybe much more about what you've learned, much more about spending time healing, allowing God to wash through your heart, allowing God actually mend your heart so that you can be honoring and faithful to the future. And I also think that you should be realistic with yourself. If you have a heartbreak and you need to heal and you need time off, there's no point trying to form strong, trying to be in people's faces and begin to splash negative energy, begin to splash, begin to do things that you will regret. If you need to pull out a bit, if you need to seek counsel, if you need to seek, seek help with people that will help you get out of that pain, I think it's very important so that you can be strong enough to face all that is ahead of you. Trust me, you might want to commit suicide, you might want to but if you just live one more day, life will continue as long as Jesus hasn't come back. And God would always have people. There are 7 billion people in the world. I hear we are over that now. And you haven't met half of it. Half. One over 100 of it. Mm. And of course, I'm not saying you should try many other relationships. But I'm just saying that God still has people in the world. Yeah. And be honoring and faithful to the future. Yeah. I, 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 heard, I heard Brian Houston say something like that once. And he would say that we must be honoring of the past, that yeah. you're not in denial of the past, in many yeah. ways, you're honoring of the past, but that our greatest loyalty must always be to the future. Absolutely. That we must Absolutely. be loyal, overwhelmingly loyal Absolutely. to the future. Our decisions should look more like our future than our past. Absolutely. Our decisions should look more like, like where God is taking us to than where we're coming from. Mm. Refuse to live your life as a victim of what happened when you still have all the space in the world to create new Absolutely. events. And occurrences. So, uh, I think it's some way or the other we are all going to feel a sense of hurt, to feel a sense of love, and um, that even didn't marriage, go. You know, you know, sometimes even in marriage, your spouse can offend you. And yeah. It feels if you're not careful, it will fester a lot, and it feels like no, this guy really went deep down. He shouldn't have said that, not him, and all that. But if we don't learn to let go of it and just push forward to all for, that for the can, future, yeah, we'll be stuck in it. Yeah. 
Let me close. Let, let's, let's close. Let me, let me say this. Um, as I encourage, you have a last word? Do I go for this? Go okay, for yeah, it. I think, I think I have it. I think in, in summary, I would say that um, the whole idea of marriage, um, of course, marriage starts from love, relationship, dating, and it comes into marriage. I think it's primarily God's, God's idea. I think it's a model of what God has in heaven. It says marriage is, is just a picture, like a type and shadow of God's relationship, Christ's relationship with his bride. And so if God chose to place something as prized as that in our hands, I think that um, we shouldn't make it what you bought on Jumia, what you ordered on Jumia, and what you got eventually. So this is what God is saying he wants to do. And he has mapped out a picture in scripture. But this is how you want to do it. It's like I saw some memes about how you tell a tailor that this is what I want. This is the style I want. This is how I want it. And the tailor says, oh, you're not at you. And then when you leave, the tailor says, no, this is how it's supposed to be. And then you come back and you're looking at it like, how now? I say, I want um, lace up. He says, no, let the lace come like this. Let it. And so God says, this is how marriage should be. This is my relationship with the church. I'm loving of the church. I gave myself for the church. I sacrificed all that I had for the church. I'm patient with the church. I'm kind to the church. I'm loyal to the body of Christ. And God is saying, you know what? Take all of this that you've learned that is a model, as a picture of what I'm doing, and just impose it in marriage. Start with your relationship. But we say, no, we want to... This is how it is done in the 21st century. We want to start with this. We want to start... I think in all, I think if our focus is to stay... It should be on what scripture says about marriage. Scripture says love is patient, love is kind. There will be instances when you come into marriage and you really, really need to be kind to someone that is unkindable. There are times in relationships where you really need to forgive when someone is unforgivable. And there are also times when in a relationship where you really need to let go for you to hold on to what God has for you. And so there's no point holding on to a relationship and just feeling, you know what, let's make it work. Somehow, somehow, we'll marry, we won't divorce ourselves. But there's nothing like a perfect marriage here on earth. But there's always a healthy family. Healthy, yeah. A healthy family. So I think, and it starts from building a healthy relationship. A healthy, I, you realize that the person you are dating figuratively has a sword that he won't let heal. He has something that he's holding on to that is severely nursing. And he won't let go. He won't let his heart go to love you. Don't cleave to that person because you spend so much time with the person. You might need to release your heart. You might need to trust God whatever outcomes come out of it. And if you find that person that you're married to, I think in all sincerity and faithfulness to God, you should look at the picture of what the model of what marriage God has painted with and just copy and paste. Along the way, we get it wrong. We push it left and right. But always, always ensure that you have a healthy relationship. One filled with love, filled with peace, the presence of God. And every other thing will catch up. Trust me. Wow. So beautiful. I saw a picture that um, someone in church, um, an amazing pencil artist in church, Tinuke, um, did. And I was looking, I was looking at the picture, and because I knew, I knew the couple. So as I saw it, I was just like, "Wow, look at them!" And I was just thinking about, you know, what you said here is really powerful because she's drawing a picture because she's looking at their picture. Absolutely. And so Absolutely. she 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 starts to frame it on her own board Absolutely. and put one more stroke, and then look Absolutely. up again and put one more stroke and. Absolutely. Shouldn't that be what it looks like for us? Absolutely. That God has given us a model and said, this is Christ. This is how Christ loved the church. Don't, don't be wiser than God's picture. Absolutely. 
don't try to outsmart and say and look at that look at first corinthians 13 it says love is large and incredibly patient love is gentle and consistently kind to all it refuses to be jealous when blessing comes to someone else love does not brag about one's achievement nor inflate its own importance love does not traffic in shame and disrespect love is honorable love is not selfishly seeking its own honor Love is not easily irritated or quick to take offense. The truth is, many times we see disparity in our lives from this. But you know what we do? We correct it. We look up again and correct it. I'm being irritated. God, correct this. I'm finding like I'm, I'm, I'm disrespectful. I'm just living in disrespect. God, correct this. Look up. Paint it right again. And it says that love joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight in what is wrong. Love is a safe place of shelter. For he never stops believing the best of others. Believes the best in that relationship. Love never takes failure as defeat. For it never gives up. Love never stops loving. It extends beyond the gift of prophecy. More than all your spirituality and all of that. It's more enduring than tongues. Which one day will all be silent. Love remains long after words of knowledge are forgotten. Let me show you verse 13 finally. It says until then there are three things that remain. Faith, hope and love. Yet love surpasses them all. So above all else, let love be the beautiful prize for which you run. That's beautiful. And so as we close this morning, you know, I was thinking about it, that it's such an honor for us to be able to sit out and share out of our story and, um, you know, be able to, I'm, I'm grateful to God that we can, that we can look through what God has worked, trust me, not through moments that we lived because one day we would sit down to tell. It was moments that we lived because we're just living them. You know, trust me, every time we ever had a tension that we resolved was not because one day, you know, we will have to tell people. It was just being in it every time you had to hold on. And so I think it's really an honor and a privilege. But I was thinking about it this morning. What about the many stories that are not told? Um, what about as you read your Bible and you read about Joseph and you read about this person who held values, about Abraham who was honorable, this person? As you read all these stories, it's beautiful. But what about the many stories that were not told? And today I just pray that every one of us, whether you are building a home, whether you are in a relationship now, whether you're raising children, whether you're a single person at the moment, I just pray that all of us will be conscious of the fact that, you know, right now God is telling a story. And that we would live it in such a way that in the end it will be worth telling. That we would live every day through these moments in such a way that, maybe not on a platform, maybe to your children, Maybe to, maybe to another generation. Maybe a book you would write. Maybe, I don't know what, but I pray that every day you would wake up, you would realize that, hey, there is actually a story that God is telling through me, through this experience, through this time I don't feel like, through this time I, and that we would be faithful people to it. It's, it's such an honor, to be honest with you, to be able to sit down and say, let's share out of our story. But um, more than that for us is the fact that we are still living this story. That, you know, yesterday we're still talking to ourselves about things that we're living the story. We're still having conversations. We're still working our marriage. We're still in the middle of this. And I think that's the beauty that we can leave it. We can leave it and leave it. Live it and leave the steps and allow another generation to take it on and be inspired in Jesus' name. Amen. So I hope it encourages you in some way. I hope that, I hope that in some way you would Stay strong in your story. Um, I pray that you'll be faithful. And um, I pray that someday we would sit down to celebrate the beautiful things that God has done in your, wherever you are right now, maybe broken, 
um, praise God that he's a healer. And maybe you have the most fantastic points of a love story. Praise God that eye has not yet seen, ear has not heard the many things that God has still prepared for those who love him. So stay faithful in it, in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we stand together this morning and let the team just come up? We'll just take a moment to respond to God. Um, can you help me thank my wife? I don't know where this has come to you this morning, but can we just lift our hands and begin to reflect before the Lord about where we stand? I don't know where you are right now. Maybe needing a fresh touch from God. Maybe in some way just needing God to show up in a new way. Maybe needing God to reach you. Maybe needing God to answer a question. Maybe needing help. Maybe needing strength. Maybe needing a focus. Maybe needing to make wise choices. Can you just take a moment this morning and respond? I I love you to lift your hands because that's a sign of surrender. That's a sign of saying, God, work in me right where I need you to work. God, reach me right where I need you to reach me, God. Let this be more than just tales and stories, God. Let this be a story of your love in my life, God. This is a story that will be told. This is a story that will be told. Maybe right now you're in the middle of a lot of pressure and you need the Lord to help you. God, I don't want to throw away a story. Maybe you've made mistakes that, things that you're not proud of right now. You need to tell the Lord, Lord, help me. I don't want to live the rest of my life as a story of that mistake. God, I need a comeback. I need forgiveness. I need help. I need strength. I need to wake up to a new day. I need to wake up to a new season. I don't know where you are right now, but people, I promise you, there is a story. There's a story that heaven sees over your life. There's a story that heaven sees over you. There's a story. Maybe you've been waiting for a while and you feel like I'm running out of patience. There's a story that heaven sees. God says, he that will come will not tarry. He will surely come. But would you be found faithful? Would you be found with expectation? Maybe you're here this morning and your expectation has been hurt. Maybe you're here this morning and and your expectations of marriage and of your future and of a hope has been hurt. You're just living low and living as an excuse. Would you just allow the Lord this morning to to wake up a passion in your heart again and say, God, stir me up. Let me see that picture again. Give me a fresh sense of vision, God. Would you stir me up, God? Would you awaken my heart, God, to you and to your purpose over my life in the name of Jesus. Let the Lord just wake you up this morning. I pray you would allow the Lord to minister to your heart this morning. More than what words can say. More than what anybody can say this morning. Let the Lord minister to your heart this morning. We refuse to repeat cycles. We refuse to go back in those vain cycles and, and, the, and the consequences of hurt and of mistakes and of shame. Today is a new day. Today is a new day. Today is a new opportunity to lift up your eyes, to receive a fresh passion from God. Because in the name of Jesus, we will build lives of love. In the name of Jesus, we will build homes based on the love of God. We will build strong homes. We will build strong expressions because of a fresh encounter with Jesus. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus, would you touch our hearts. God, I pray in the name of Jesus, would you stretch capacity in us. God, I pray in the name of Jesus, would you come to us in this very season where we are. Would you reach us right where we are, God you're next to your husband or wife this morning, would you hold your hands? And would you begin to pray over your home? Would you begin to pray over your home? If you're single this morning, would you begin to pray over that expression of where you are right now? If you're engaged, would you hold your hands? And begin to pray that in the name of Jesus, we will build a strong expression. If you're single, say in the name of Jesus, my cleaving strength is intact. In the name of Jesus, I have everything it takes for the life God is calling me to. In the name of Jesus, I will not 
not waste my life. I will not waste a God expression. Today is the day somebody, today is the day somebody for you to refuse to throw away God possibilities. Today is the day somebody for you to refuse to allow your emotions to mislead you. Today is the day somebody for you to receive strength for that very season of your life. Today is the day, today is the day today is the day for you to lift up your eyes and receive strength for this season of your life in the name of Jesus somebody say God prosper your purpose in me prosper your purpose in our home prosper your purpose in my family prosper your purpose I pray God that I would hold it in my hands the expectation of heaven I will not based on how I feel throw away what God is doing I will not based on how I feel live a useless life I will not God I refuse to Based on how I feel, throw away the possibilities of heaven. My story will be a story that will be told. It will not be an untold story. It will not be a story that will go down the drain. It will not be a story that repeats the mistakes that my parents made. And the fathers have eaten sour grapes and the children's teeth are set on end. In the name of Jesus, I'm delivered from repeating those same mistakes. God is giving me a fresh vision. God is giving me a new light. God is giving me a new expectation. God is waking up a hope in my heart. I will lead a strong hope. I will lead a strong family. My children will love me. They will grow in the fear of God. I will lead my house and plant my house in the house of God. I will. I will leave a stronger expression in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Somebody pray. Somebody pray. It's awesome when you pray. I believe God is doing something amazing in you. I believe that the Holy Spirit is working in your heart. I believe that the Holy Spirit is enlarging your heart. Ah, some of you right here, you don't know that God is raising you as a pioneer in your family to pioneer what a Christian marriage looks like, to pioneer a new beginning, to pioneer what a home will be, to pioneer a story of love. And you will not be tired in it. Your hands are strengthened for it. And your heart is encouraged in this moment. And in the name of Jesus, the wind of the Holy Ghost is coming beneath your wings so that you will soar and you will take new heights as you build this expression I pray that the Holy Ghost is empowering you to rise up to heights that you had never walked in in the name of Jesus I thank you Father I thank you Father somebody would you say after me this morning say in the name of Jesus God finds full expression in my life. I am all that God calls me to be. I will not waste the possibilities of God. I will lead a strong life. I will lead my life in love. I will build my home on love. The love of God is finding full expression in my heart. It is overwhelming every contrary voice. It is overwhelming every contrary expression. In the name of Jesus, my heart is whole. My heart is yielded. I'm sold out to the purpose of God. I will thrive in it. I will thrive in life. I will thrive in my marriage. I will thrive in my relationship. And Jesus will be glorified. In the name of Jesus we pray. And everybody said amen. Amen. Can we all just stay standing? I want to give somebody an opportunity this morning. And can we just bow our heads where we are and close our eyes? Somebody came to church this morning and you're not in the right place with God. 
You came to church this morning and in the midst of all that we're talking about, you look at your life and you know, I'm not in the right place with God. Maybe you've made mistakes, but you know it as we speak, you're living far away from God. You need to be forgiven. You know, you've made mistakes, you've, you've made a mess of opportunities and you know, you can't confidently say with all your heart that through Jesus you have a right standing with God. You know, we believe that there's only one way we can have a right standing with God. It's not by striving, it's not by our effort, it's not by religion, it's through the person of Jesus. As we confess him and acknowledge him, then he sets us right with God. And today I don't know who you are or how you came about being in church. Maybe it's your first time, maybe you're visiting or maybe you've been coming to church but 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 the big question for me is can you confidently say that you're in the right place with God through Jesus? I'm asking everybody to bow their heads and close their eyes and to stand with you because we honor your right to choose. We honor your decision this morning and I'm going to count to three and ask you to raise up your hand high and unashamed where you are and let this be the moment. Let Jesus see you and let him know you. Are you ready? One, two, three. Shoot it up high and unashamed. God bless you. God bless you. I love your sincerity. God bless you. Anybody else want to join in? God bless you. I see hands all the way to the back. God bless you. God bless you. It's a new day. Anybody else want to join in? It's a new beginning. It's a new beginning. I need to be forgiven. I'm not right with God. Maybe at some point in your life, you know, I've made this choice, but you've walked away from it. Today's a day. Today's a day. Don't harden your heart. God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. God sees you. He knows the very worst, but he still believes the best. Who are you? Anybody else want to join in? Don't harden your heart on God. I'll give you 10 more seconds. Somebody else. Somebody else. Anybody else? Anybody else? 10 more seconds. I see your hands. God bless you. If you're raising it up, just keep it up a moment. God bless you. God bless you. Incredible. What a miracle. What a miracle. What a miracle. Now, if you raised your hand, put the hand on your chest. Now, can we all join in together? This is a family, not a crowd. Let's say these words together. Let's identify. The Bible says we believe with our hearts and we confess with our mouth unto salvation. Can we all say together, Heavenly Father, I come to you today because you've made a way for me to come through the death, the burial, and the resurrection of your son Jesus. I believe with all my heart that Jesus Christ is the son of God and he's the savior of the world. Say today, I confess Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. Say, please forgive me of the past and give me a whole new start. Say, wash me clean and empower me to live for you. Say, today I declare that I'm your child. I'm in a right relationship with my Almighty Father. Say, it's a new beginning. And one day I'll be with you in heaven. In Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. We are so honored to have been able to share this teaching message with you from Sycamore Church, Ibadan, Nigeria. We really hope you found it to be a blessing. To find out more about us or how you can receive more resources from our church or our pastor, Tolulokpai Modi, please visit our website, www.sycamore.church. That's S-Y-C-A-M-O-R-E dot church. Or on Facebook and YouTube at Sycamore Church and on Instagram and Twitter at Sycamore underscore church. If you're ever anywhere around us, we'll be super honored to welcome you at one of our services.